0: Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9. Find that and uh, put a finger there, then go to Acts chapter number 16. We're going to look today at a certain disciple. A certain disciple. Acts 9. Listen to them pages fluttering. Acts 9. Acts 9. And also Acts chapter 16. Are you there? Acts 9. Starting with verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now, Acts 9, verse 36. Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Now, one more. Acts 16, 1. Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, The son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. Father, take the words that we're going to speak here this morning, and I am praying that there will be truth and life into every person here. God, we ask and pray that every person's attention, Lord, will be focused on the word that is spoken. God, we would ask and pray that you would quieten every baby, that you would illuminate every mind. Help us, dear God, that this word would not fall upon hard ground and be wasted, but God, this word would fall upon the good ground and the good soil of a person's heart, and God, it would bring forth fruit in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Start with this thought all Christians are not disciples. The Bible uses the term Christians, the Bible uses the term believers, the Bible uses the term faithful, but the word disciple means a disciplined one. There are a lot of Christians in America today, but the question could be asked, where are the disciplined ones? Where are the disciples? And the message today, a certain disciple. What I read today is the three occasions where those words are linked together in the New Testament. There are not any less, there are not any more, there's only three. Where God said a certain disciple, to be certain, to be sure, to be convinced, assurance of a truth or a fact. The Latin word for to be certain is to decide, to decide. Now, I'm going to go over, and some of these will be faster than others, but I'm going to go over some points on what it's going to take for you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And some of these you may have never thought of. Number one is, to be a disciple of Jesus, we need to be willing to do the difficult task first. Because when I read this in in the book of Acts concerning Ananias, God speaks to him. And I'm telling you, God told this guy to do something that would make him shake and fear in his boots. You're going to go to Saul of Tarsus. That man is going to be the one that you're going to win to me. And you're going to speak to him. And you're going to do some things that's going to alter and shape the church in the first century and even throughout the age. God told him to do this before he had coffee that morning. And what was Ananias' report back to God? Lord, this man kills Christians. How can I be the one that would be willing to speak to this man? And God had this guy to do it, not put it off, not wait until another day, but the very thing out of the gate. He tells him, arise and go. And when he balks, God tells him, go, do the most difficult job first. If there's somebody that you know you've got to talk to and you just kind of feel it in your gut, oh, that's going to be hard to do. Oh, that's going to be tough. You need to do it the first thing. You need to do it the first thing. Don't put it off. Don't wait. The disciple is willing to do the difficult task and perform the difficult task first. The most troublesome thing that you can think of that you've got to do tomorrow, if at all possible, you need to do it the very first thing. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. And I'm telling you to do that, it takes character. Because we all have this idea that we'll just kind of put it off and, and, and minyana. We'll, we'll do it minyana. We'll do it another time. The greatest need that America has today is integrity, character, and discipline. And I was thinking last week, the criteria that we use to choose pastors and presidents is stupid. Amen. Amen. Oh, they look really good. What difference would that make? Abraham Lincoln would never get elected today. Isn't that a shame? Well, he's the most gangly, gawkiest looking guy I've ever seen. Or, oh, he he can really preach a sermon. He can really give a debate. He can really give a speech. has nothing to do with it. Nothing, nothing, nothing to do with it. What is more needful than anything is integrity, honesty, character. These are the things that America (laughs) has been built on. (laughs) You know, I was thinking the other day, and I've mentioned this to two or three people, and man, they just, they just struck, struck a chord with people. And yeah, yeah, that's right. People need to work a difficult job sometime in their life. Right. You do. You know why that is? It creates a certain amount of gratefulness in you. Right. That when that other job does come along, you're thankful for that. We had a, a UPS guy that shows up here every now and then. He was telling, I just thought of this. He was telling uh, one day, this job is, oh, it's just the worst job. And, oh, they don't treat me right. This is just a terrible job. And, oh, I just hate this job. And George, he told me, if I ever hear that again from him, I know what I'm going to say. And I happened to be here that day. It was awesome. <laughs> Where's George at? All right, George says, the very next time the guy was here, here he is. He shows up. Oh, this job, this is the worst job. They don't treat me right. I hate this job. This is the worst job I ever had. And George said, let me tell you about the worst job I ever had. I worked in a place to where they, we chopped up chickens. I worked in a place to where the chickens were all, and I ain't going to get real graphic in this, not near like George did. But he said they're all hanging up here and he said when you go to get them, he said, should I say this? (laughs) (laughs) He said, by the time you're done, said there's chicken manure just dripping off your elbows. Just doing this all day long, grabbing these chickens. And he's telling this guy this, and the guy goes, Well, I ain't saying my job's that that bad. (laughs) Be willing to work in that difficult job. Be willing to do the small thing. Somebody told Michelangelo, you make too much out of small things. And Michelangelo said, perfection is no small thing, and that's what small things will lead you to. That's why when I see a piece of paper around here, I pick it up. You ought to pick it up because you've got hundreds of people going by and picking up the little scraps of paper or whatever. It makes the building look better and we want the thing looking good. Yeah. Little things mean a lot. They really do. Amen. And the person that's not willing to do the little thing, I will guarantee you in the work of God, you'll never get to do anything bigger. I mean we start on time here, and most people think well that's a little thing. I'm telling you, I think it's a big thing because you are important to me. Your time is important to me. Wow. Too many pastors, they want a shortcut. Sorry. Sorry. I've been invited to preach to the assemblies of God <laughs> this month at their statewide meeting. And one of the things that I am guaranteeing you, what they're going to hear from me is, I am not the poster boy for shortcuts. I've been here 22 years. And when you top this hill out here and you look and you say, wow, look at that building. And you come into here and you say, wow, this is really awesome. Wow, this is really awesome. Wow. I've been here when it wasn't so (laughs) wow. Been here for 22 years. Pray, study, be willing to go make that visit, to be willing to go help that person. Be willing to (laughs) W-O-R-K. Next, we're to prepare. Prepare. God has a prepared place for a prepared man or woman. John chapter 14. Jesus said, "I go away to prepare a place for you." Work is spiritual, honesty is spiritual, character is spiritual, integrity is spiritual. And in ministry, success does not come to the handsome or just to the talented alone or to the person that has the winning smile. It comes to the person that's going to get down and dirty and work this thing if that's what it takes. And I'm telling you, that's what it does. Amen. Now, the next thing, and Missy, put that up there for me, please. It's not personality, it's perseverance. Let me read these again for the sake of, like we did last week, for the sake of the people listening to the CD. In 1831, this man failed in business. In 1832, this man was defeated for the legislature. In 1833, he failed in business. In 1834, he was elected to the legislature. In 1838, he was defeated for speaker. In 1840, he was defeated for elector. In 1843, he was defeated for Congress. In 1846, he was elected to Congress. In 1848, he was defeated for Congress. In 1855, he was defeated for Senate. Anybody depressed? (laughs) In 1856, he was defeated for vice president. In 1858, he was defeated for Senate. And in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States of America. That's not just personality. That's perseverance is what that is. Winston Churchill Upon giving a graduating class, the speech, and, and when he gave that speech, it was the very college that he graduated from years before, and they, he got up, and he cleared his cleared his throat, and he said these words, that I'm sure that graduating class never forgot the rest of their life. Never give up. He looked at them again. Never give up. He looked at him the third time and said the same thing. Never give up. They never forgot that the rest of their life. This was a man that was standing toe to toe against Adolf Hitler, and they knew he meant every single word of that great message he gave. Right. Thomas Edison. Thank God for Thomas Edison. Amen. If it wasn't for him, I'd have to watch TV in, in the dark. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke, really. But if you've got to try to explain it, then they're really not never that good. <laughs> Edison said success is 2% inspiration, 98% perspiration. He tried 10,000 times to try the filament, the right filament for that bulb. And somebody said, you failed when he was after like 9,000 times. You failed 9,000 times. He was, oh, no, I haven't. I know now 9,000 ways that won't work. (laughs) Calvin Coolidge, also known as Silent Cal, one of our presidents. Listen to the words of this man. Nothing in the world will take the place of of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is filled with educated do-nothings persistence and determination alone are all important. The slogan, press on, has solved the problems of the world. Press on, persevere in the battle. You've heard me say it time and time again. I am not a man loaded down with a lot of natural abilities and gifts or talents, but one thing I got, I know how to persevere right down to the bitter dregs. Cause I know that's the only thing I got going for me. That and my charming good looks. (laughs) Twenty-two years. My wife and here and I have been here for twenty-two years. And Grandma Dorothy, twenty-two years. Where's my cup? When you're mad, we're here. When you're glad, we're here. When you're sad, we're here. When you're bad, we're here. When you go through a fad, we're here. (laughs) We're here. We're here. Number four, you must carry your cross. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Right now, I've got a little lapel pin that John and Dana gave me, and they've got this on the t-shirts. I am not ashamed. How many has been seeing those commercials? I'm not ashamed.org. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It's the power of God unto salvation. That's why. That's why. It ain't a pipe dream. It ain't something that somebody come up with last night after eating pepperoni pizza. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now, number five, we need to praise. And last week we preached on that, so I'm really not going to hit that again. But I just want you to know, to be a certain disciple, you need to praise Jesus in your life. Number six, you need to enjoy the journey. When Kay's family moved out to Oklahoma, the very first trip we took out there on Interstate 44, the kids were real little. Me and Kay was real little. (laughs) Uh, uh. although she's getting back to being real little. (laughs) And I tell myself that black is a slimming color. (laughs) We'd make that trip out there. That very first time, it was like, man, Look at that! Because you get into Oklahoma a little ways, and, and there you got them, they got a big hill there. And I'd tell the kids all oh, the Indians probably was up on that hill, and and uh, and you see they got the world's biggest uh, McDonald's that's there that you go under, and, and all, it's you know it's real neat to go out there. That was the first time, and the second time it's like, well they just ain't much out here, it's say. And then the third time it's oh my god, I got Oklahoma! Oh my good, great! You know what that does? That says more about me than it does the trip. Trip's the same. Trip was the same the first time I went out there. Second time I went out there, had the hill, had McDonald's, had it's the same. When people come into the church, Woo, this is a girl, great. Then the eighteenth time they've been here, it's like, well, they sang that song before you might not ought to voice everything you are thinking <laughs> because what's going on is that's telling more about you than it is about the church the person that really has integrity will enjoy that trip the fifth time and the sixth time and the seventh and, and, and by and large I'm a guy that once I like something I like it forever really I mean, I could eat meatloaf, just like Elvis, Elvis for six years straight, and I could do this. He ate meatloaf, mashed potatoes, sliced tomatoes. I could do that. I really could. And I'd be blessed for having it. Last week, last week, I was talking to uh, Jeremy and Andrea. Where are they at? Jeremy and Andrea Cone. Where are they at? They're somewhere. I've seen them. Right there, and uh, they was talking about their their baby boy, the new uh, what is it, Hudson, Hudson, and I I was just thinking about I know what happens at at my home from time to time, because you know you just talking about how wonderful it is, and well for too long you know you got it's the stinky diapers and all the laundry and all the dirty dishes and all this and all that. Enjoy them right now because I know I tell you from experience what happens What happens? Years later, then when they go off to college and the very laundry that you griped about Josh can I do your laundry for you? (laughs) Anything I need to do for you? You need anything and It's it's thinking back. It's that yesterday syndrome of oh how great it was way back then, oh how great it was, and yet if we're not doing that, then we'll 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 be on an island that's called someday Isle. Amen. Someday Isle. <laughs> Either yesterday was so great, and oh oh you remember? Kay says this all oh when the kids were so small, it was just so great, and oh it was just so. <laughs> You know, time flies, and it's just, oh, it's just such a bummer that they're no longer here. it's like, I don't know. know. No. No. The last thing here. I'm running out of time. Keep pride out of your life. Keep pride out of your life. P-R-I-D-E. I is right in the middle of pride. Plan A. Moses warns Pharaoh, let my people go. That's plan A. He could let them go. Probably Pharaoh would have went down in the Bible as being one of the greater people in the book. But instead, no, he didn't do that. He went his own way. What was plan B? Here comes 10 plagues. Plan A for Jonah. Go and preach to the Ninevites. He didn't want to do that. He went along his own way. What happened? Plan B, we know. A great fish swallowed him up. And in the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea, on the first submarine ride in history, these are Jonah's prayers. Oh God, I delight to do thy will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the deal. He didn't want to exit out a different way than he had entered. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted to go the same way out. And the first time on record, someone got sick of a preacher and puked him out. Plan A, years ago, I was probably 15 my dad, part time, he run the pool hall, and the rest of the time he worked at AirTex. So I got, to, I got to be in the pool hall. I was in the pool hall until I was, oh, early on 12, 13, 14. And uh, people knew who I was, and all them old men knew who I was. And, and uh, dad said, Mark, you can go in there and you can play pool. Don't play knock rummy with them old men, they'll take all your money. And, man, I just couldn't, there was just something about it. I just wanted to learn that game so bad. And I wanted to be around them old men and hear them stories. And, and Dad was right. They, they was more than happy to take my money. <laughs> he, said, he said, son, all that work and all that mowing them yards and hauling hay, and you're just going to lose it just like that. And he was right. I'd walk in there and just lose it just like that. I wanted to learn how to play knock rummy with them old men. Oh, I let it have a rest for about two weeks. one night, I thought, you know, Dad ain't been in here for a while, and I'll just—he uh, was working that uh, third shift at that time at AirTex, and it was about ten thirty at night. And I'm thinking he's got to be at work at eleven. He surely—if you know—he's already went by, and he ain't—if he would show up, it wouldn't be denied. And so I got my back against the wall where I could view the door. And I'm sitting there playing knock-rummy, losing all my money with them old men. And about that time, the door that swings open. And the moment it does, me and dad, our eyes just lock on each other. And I think, oh. And immediately, I looked around to see Hall's in there. Because I'm thinking, they're all going to see me get spanked. He walked over to the counter, he bought some cigarettes or whatever it was, and he turned around and he walked out. And I thought, hey, I'm 15 now. He ain't going to mess with me. He got off work at 7. I'd say at about 7, it didn't take him long, but I'd say about 7. 18 I felt a hand grab my arm while I was sleeping and he jerked me up out of that bed because he'd been thinking about it all night long and he just started blistering me and that I was 15 I'm 50 I ain't played knock rummy in 35 years Plan B was correction from dear old dad. (laughs) Let me give you what the Bible says here in John, Jesus' words. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is how we start on this road. If you have not believed... You need to believe and trust in Him and ask for His forgiveness. This is how we start on this road of being a certain disciple, a sure disciple. You remember that the old timers raise your hand, raise your hand if you're sure. You remember that commercial? I think we can do that as a disciple when we're sure in Him. We know that we've trusted Him. By your heads, please, Father. I ask and pray to Your God praying right now for each and every person, each and every individual in this house. Thankful, God, that we all can be a believer, or that we all can be faithful, that we all can be called a Christian. But God, I'm also thankful for those that are disciples, they're disciplined ones. They read that Bible. They're faithful in their church attendance. They're faithful in their giving. They are a disciplined one. They are a disciple. But Lord, first and foremost here today, I want to pray for those that are unsaved. And I'm believing, God, that by your Holy Spirit, you are going to knock. You're going to knock. And people are going to respond. I trust that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Since the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, by His name. peace was upon him, and by his wounds, and by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions, and cursed for our sins, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Transgressions, and gross for our sins, the punishment that.
0: It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardbillchurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw
1: Jesus.